know, wine and football aren't that different. Sure, they're complex, but enjoying them should be easy. You don't need to worry about complex formations and flavor profiles or which wine pairs with what. All that matters is, together, Barefoot Wine and the Rams are easy to enjoy. So let's enjoy ourselves. Barefoot, the official wine sponsor of the NFL. What's up, Jammies? It's Ricky Hollywood, and this is Ricky's Ram Jam, sponsored by Barefoot Wine. Last night, the Monday night game wasn't exactly the result that we wanted, but there was some really positive things to take away from it. And later on the show, I'm going to have Jordan Rodrigue from The Athletic come on, and she is going to talk us through that game because she was there in the ground, on the ground, not in the ground. She was on the field at one point. So we're going to get into that, talk with her, and then look ahead to to the Cowboys. Like I said, we're going to get into the Monday night football game in a little bit. But the Cardinals beat the Panthers 26-16, to which so now they're 2-2, two and two, and the Seahawks beat the Lions in a score-gami game of 48-45. to So now everyone is tied at 2-2, two and two. technically a clean slate moving forward, so let's just focus on that. Now, I had such a great conversation with Jordan that I want you to be able to listen to the whole thing. So no fan questions this week, even though we got a few. So I'm going to push them to next week. And if you haven't sent some in and you want to, please do. I love reading them. They've been awesome so far. Ricky's Ram Jam at rams.nfl.com. Send in some more emails. I love them. I'll get to some more next week. But I want to bring on the queen of football, essentially. That's what I nicknamed her that. I don't know if anyone else calls her that, but I want to call her that. Joining me now is Jordan Rodrigue. She is, let's say, the beat writer for the LA Rams for The Athletic, but I I think they misspelled beat because it should say best writer for The <laughs> for the Athletic. Jordan, what is up? I'm so, ex- so excited that you're here, number one. Number two, I'm like fangirling. I still am. It's just like every time we text or I'm texting you, like, can you explain this to me at 11? o'clock at night during training camp and and I'm and you're talking me off a ledge like I'm just so <laughs> thankful and grateful for you as a friend and as a person and that someone that's attached to this Rams team like I bow down queen like you are everything oh uh, you? you're the best that made my day uh I personally also appreciate that every time we see each other we do like the, <laughs> We're like hey the, hey the finger little. guns or some weird like <laughs> It's like, oh my god, it's so great to see you, and then do like some like pew 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 pew. Some weird thing, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. How how are you? So okay, we're gonna you know pull back the kimono here. It's Tuesday at like I'm wearing my corduroy kimono. Actually, there you go. There you go. Four four thirty on a Tuesday. This might not even come out till Wednesday. Um, we'll talk about Monday Night Football, which for us was last night. Um, could be two nights ago. Just we're we're very frazzled here, <laughs> um, and by here I mean Ricky's Ram Jam. I, I'm all over the place today. It's been it's been a wild day, but nothing compared to Jordan, who was at Levi Stadium last night till God knows when. Got on a plane this morning, which is Monday, uh, Tuesday, as we're taping this. See, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> and then you flew back to the LA region. And then you had pressers to go over. You had your own podcast, which everyone should be checking out if they aren't already. Eleven personnel, and then and then you're you're stuck with me. So, how, is your head on straight? Are you feeling okay? Like, what's the latest? 
<laughs> I'm good. I'm feeling caffeinated. I'm delighted uh, to be here with you. I've been stoked. I've been sort of checking my phone, refreshing, you know, my emails over the last couple of weeks since you started this thing, just waiting <laughs> for my invite. You know, I have not missed an episode. I've loved what you've oh. been putting together. Um, big fan of the the training camp morning minute, as I know many of the the players are. And I think you do such a kick ass. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah, like, for killer, sure. Killer job. <laughs> Just like, where is my mind? Yeah. Uh, I think you do such a great job with everything you do at the ranch. You know, we we could go on and on and on about this. I tell you this all the time in person. I'm so stoked that you're around here and doing such great work. And um, it's it's just cool. I, I just, you know, the season gets to be a grind right around this point, especially with, you know, a, a loss like that that the Rams had against San Fran and sort of a gut check situation and dealing with injuries and all this stuff. And and everybody who's in the orbit definitely feels that in terms of what how you're covering it, what you're trying to troubleshoot, and, and then, you know, in, in all sorts of different ways and not to take away from the effort of the people who are actually playing the game. But, you know, people, you just, it, it gets to be, um, you know, the season does get to be a grind. So it's so great to be around refreshing people who are just like truly delightful. So I'm stoked to be here. Oh, you're the best. You're the best. Um, I want to talk Monday Night Football. I don't want to talk about it, but I feel like we have to. But I'm before that, I just want to like talk about you, like Jordan, for a oh, little God. bit. <laughs> I know you hate that, and I know that's probably making you squirm right now. But like, explain to me the process for you. Like, was it always football? Was it always sports? You've been in different cities before. Like, why LA? Like, why? Why football writing? I know why. I mean, you're so talented. You're the you're the, you're just you see the game better than anyone I know. But what got you to this point? I think it's going to sound really cheesy, but I'm a little loopy and I I'm running on like two hours of sleep for the last three days. So I'm just going to say it. Like I feel like I'm on the earth to tell stories, and I didn't really know how that was going to look. I I loved writing since I was very very young. I used to pretend to write books and. Um, I would ask my mom to like, she was the only one in the family who could type. So she would type them all out. Like I'd, ha- I'd dictate to her and she'd write them, write everything down on these, in these massive notebooks and then type it all out. And we'd pretend to, that I was having a book signing and all of those things. And That's amazing. I, I used to do that when I was a kid and it, you know, it just, it's always been, I've always been so fascinated by storytelling and writing in general. I used to save all the back pages of Sports Illustrated because I felt like, Sports really showcase the human spirit in its totality, for better or for worse, and everything in between. And football especially does that. And I've always loved football because of the juxtaposition between what you see and what is real. And what you see is uh, a physical, brutal, violent game that takes a toll on people. And that part is real. But you also, when you peel back layer after layer after layer, you see this beautiful mess of emotion and humanity, people becoming who they are and growing and being shaped by each other and learning and failing and getting back up. And to me, that's what being a human is about. And I always was really drawn to that just as a, as like, if I could tap into that, I would never be short of stories to tell. And then as I got older and started to learn more and more about football and um, was able to be in some really cool atmospheres when I was young, like, uh, you know, Boise State upset Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl and the ground shook and you sit there and you're like, Football brought me into this moment right here and and wanting to learn all about why those trick plays worked and, you know, why Chris Peterson was such a mad scientist and and all of those types of things. And I just I just became so enamored in how things work 
because I think it's a subset of how people work, right? And so for me, that was where I just really started um, sort of like this obsessive journey of learning <laughs> that I'm on where I always joke and I'm not really joking where I'm like, this is my life. This is what I do and it's who I am. And, and I'm happy about that because I get to learn something every single day. And that's what that's what beat writing is. You get to learn something every day and you get to share that with the world. And the way that I try to do that is um, I fail a lot, but I try to do that in a very empathetic way where I'm learning about the whole part of a situation, um, the whole aspect of a human within that situation um, and sort of breaking that down and dissecting that, whether it's what's happening on the field, um, which I love to get into and, and all the chess match of that, or people and what makes them tick and who they are in their wholeness and their totality as humans. I love I love how you balance that because I feel, you know, when I look at, at, at all the work that you do, it's it is amazing to see how you actually cover the game, but then your piece like the Bobby Wagner piece comes out and that is just such a moving piece that everyone was just gobbling up the second it came up, even to something during training camp for Kira Bishop, who was a equipment assistant who all of a sudden, you know, was getting involved with with the players, which I got to witness firsthand, which was just to me, it was like, oh, that was a kick ass moment. I love that. And then all of a sudden I was like, didn't even register in my brain of like, let's go deeper into this. And then you, of course, produced this stellar piece about her, which was just it's just so it's it's so awesome. OK, let's let's go over last night. Um <laughs> Jordan, you were you were there last night. The energy was unmatched. You were on the field pregame. The the energy seemed wild. There's a lot going into Niner Week. Do you look at this and and after going, you know, to listening to McVeigh today, Coach McVeigh as well, I'm I'm rambling all over the place because I guess I don't even know where to start. Mm-hmm. I know Coleman Shelton could be out now f- the four to six weeks with a high ankle sprain. Like, is the O line? the major problem that the Rams need to address here moving forward or or just, that's like a word vomit way of like fix my life and my mind right now Jordan like give me <laughs> give me the upside right now yeah i mean in the two losses that the Rams have had the pressure has been the issue and the caveat obviously is they're facing really really good defenses that are expertly pressuring this early in the season which generally would bode well for the sustainability of that type of pressure. Um, You know, the 49ers, they were able to bring four previously, uh, like 43% rate, which is insane and excellent for them. And it means that they could, you know, obviously have more DBs on the backside and cloud things up for, for passing games. And it just makes your defense just overall better when you can successfully rush four, especially if you're playing zone on the back end. And then the Bills did the same thing. The Bills did not blitz one time. But the interesting thing um, and and probably the detriment to the Rams in some ways was the 49ers came into this game on Monday night understanding that they would have to win up front because they were themselves facing some issues on the on the, uh, their own offensive side of the ball. And you obviously have to factor in counter Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd and Greg Gaines and Ashawn Robinson and figure that out and Bobby Wagner. And so they knew they'd have to get going very quickly and get in the Rams' faces and get in Matthew Stafford's face very quickly, and they did that. And the the injury to Coleman Shelton, that's a freak thing. He's been playing really well, and I think he's done a really admirable job, sort of one of the more underrated, uh, I guess, quarterway point MVPs to this point where he had won that right guard spot and then 
had to go move over to center because of injuries again. Right. And was playing well. And, and you know, with Alaric Jackson moving into the right guard spot, they had, I think they've been playing, especially on that right side, they'd kind of been holding it down pretty well. And, um, you know, relative to the type of pressure they were facing. And then when Coleman goes down, you kind of saw the 49ers ears perk up on the defensive side because not only could they already feel confident, most likely, that they could have been successfully pressuring with four through the whole game. Because they changed centers specifically, um, in my mind and from what I saw, the Rams then, you kind of now are susceptible to different types of pressure because of the communication, the calls that the center makes. So you saw an uptick. The the 49ers, unlike the Bills, who did not blitz at all, the 49ers blitz on 25% of their pressure snaps. And that's that's a pretty significant increase from – Um, what they had had to do before, because, again, they were so successful without the blitz. And to me, that was sort of telling because that communication, that's number one, that's got to get fixed. Pass pro in all phases, that will have to get fixed. There are ways to scheme around an offensive line that is stumbling a bit because of injury. Because without injury, I think this unit could play very, very well, and we've seen flashes of it. Um, But with the injuries, you know, you're working on – Teams that will now try to capitalize not just on the fact that it's new people who are sort of further down on the depth chart um, because it has been a bit of an injury catastrophe on the front in the front, but also the communication, you know, who's turning around and looking for calls from the quarterback instead of getting them from into his right ear um, from the center or his left ear from the center, right? Those types of things, you know, calling out the safeties and instead the safeties are blitzing a lot because now, you know, nobody's responsible for calling the safeties except for the quarterback. And that's really hard to do in a loud stadium. And it just sort of, you know, it just just starts rolling down a hill, right? Like, oh man. And so that was, I think when the Rams have had those types of games, those two losses, when the pressure's been that radical, it's just been – it's affected every single facet of what they need to do and want to do in their offense. It affects how the routes develop. It affects who Matthew Stafford can go to in his progressions. It affects, um, you know, the type of or non-type of quick game that they can or cannot get going. It affects their run game. It affects, you know, moving the pocket because they can't get the play action going because delayed pressure is now cutting those, those like, looping actions. All these things that you saw and – it was just a, it just, it compounds, right? When you can get that type of consistent pressure. And I think there is a positive to the end of this in that guys will get healthy. Not all of the right. injuries that they're facing are season ending. They should get David Edwards back sooner rather than later. Um, fingers right. crossed for him. And they should get Brian Allen back, if not before the bye, then certainly after the bye. And right. Coleman Shelton's injury is not season ending. So I think, and your tackles are, are doing pretty good job, I think. So I think that there's it's not all bad, but it's like, how do you problem solve around it in the short term to get you to the long term to where now, okay, now you start building off some of that cohesiveness and and guys actually, you know, staying healthy and, and, you know, getting a good front for Matthew Stafford. And importantly, for some of these route combinations that they like to do and some of this run game stuff that they like to do. Yeah, so let's let's look forward to to the Cowboys. It's a short week. It, I can't. It feels way too short. I can't even only imagine how. I'm just <laughs> like, is it already? It's just <laughs> it's just crazy to me. You're you're in that room with with McVeigh during pressers. He knows you by name, which I love when those clips go out and he says your name and stuff. I'm always like, that's so awesome. I love that. Um, you you know how how he is. He is a he is a mastermind. He is. 
I, I, I like feel bad for for him and his wife. Like, did he? He? I bet he didn't sleep last night. I bet he was drawing on some whiteboard last night until, you know, who knows what just time like in the sitting morning. Sitting in a room, rocking yeah, back and just forth like with a marker in his hand. Like he is such <laughs> he he. I'm just he's just such a consummate professional too. Like I just watching him at the press conference even last night. I'm like I just. I don't handle my emotions like that. So I'm just like, he is just so incredible to me. And I'm just always in such awe of him. But yes, it's a short week. Yes, it. there's a lot of things that this team needs to scheme up essentially for 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 Dallas. You've got Demarcus Lawrence, who is, is playing fantastically. You've got Trayvon Diggs fantastically. I don't even know if that's a word, but I just may have made it one. Or it is a word and we're going to go with it. You got Trayvon Diggs, who people are arguing could be like one of the top three corners in the game right now. He takes the ball away well. That's that's key with a turnover laden right. team to this point. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So so there's a lot, there's a lot to look it Jerry Jones on Tuesday um came out and said that he doesn't think that Dak will be playing. The Mike McCarthy said that he wants him to be throwing for a week. So it does look like we're getting Cooper Rush, who that's an that's a whole other social media hole if you want to go down that, um, because he is four and zero as a starter for the Cowboys, and so there's all these memes about Dak being like, "Hey, I'm gonna get my job back," and Cooper Rush being like, "What job?" So it's fi- kind of funny, Rams fans, if you want to go down that that hole, it's very fun. But that being said, they they have a backup quarterback who didn't play the best in the preseason. Yes, he's he's playing well now. I, that game against the Bengals was something else that I, that I think it was. I, I think that yes, this this Dallas defense is is difficult. Their offense, they got Michael Gallup back, who's going to be integrated into this. But I, I guess my question to you, Jordan, is as you're like, I feel like I'm in therapy. You're like calming my anxieties <laughs> and my nerves. I can you take me through kind of some of these, and I know you just did the adjustments that this team is going to make going forward just like keep making me feel better just keep talking because you just it's just my advice this would be my advice and I don't obviously I don't have any sort of input at all so please don't yell at me (laughs) if you're listening to this but um I have been noting like I've I've done a very surface level dive so far into Dallas and you kind of just as you know you go week week to week and kind of by the seat of your pants on these things and Micah Parsons, countering Micah Parsons, he's their star player. He does it in a different way than than Jalen Ramsey does it, obviously, but it's all with the intents and purposes of getting to the quarterback and also just shaking and rattling up the middle of the field when he can. And that's going to be so important for the Rams to always be aware of where he is. Um, the fact that he is around the line of scrimmage and then you have Diggs on the backside who does take the ball away. Um, I know sometimes that can be a bit of a lopsided statistic, but at the same time, he does take the ball away. And so you really um, you you marry that with the type of pressure that and the awareness that you always have to have of Parsons. And I think that that's a tandem that you really need to be aware of at all times. And, and again, like the different layers you're setting up on the field and the different ways that you're manipulating the coverages and and calling pressure and, and communicating that pressure. Um, you know, big game for the guys who will be in pass pro, whether it's the running backs, um, tight ends, Cooper Cup, just doing the dang thing every chance he gets, um, Ben Skoranek, like any any of these guys who often you've, you've seen pulled back closer to the stack to help with that, that'll be a big game for them. And I think, too, like this is a on the other side, I'm really interested in and I think this defense 
maybe possibly could get a chance to show what it can do when the quarterback maybe isn't getting the ball out of his hand at record speeds. Mm. Yeah, it's like been bonkers fast against this front. And that's the way you play Aaron Donald, really. I mean, the the only thing that helps, you could send 16 players and be called for all kinds of illegal penalties to sort of like just form a ring around Aaron Donald (laughs) at all times. And you probably still would give up a couple of sacks in that game. So really the thing that that helps other teams and has helped, and you, you can also... Um, perhaps fail doing this if you don't have yards after catch players or explosives or whatever, you um, you get the ball out quick. And teams have been doing that at a record rate um, so far through the season. It's well under league average. And so what I would say is the Rams are blitzing a lot so far in order to manufacture pressure because they maybe hadn't been getting the the right type of pressure with just four, again, in tandem to the fact that quarterbacks are getting the ball out really fast. I would like to see them, what happens if you lay off the blitz a minute? Cooper Rush has been really, really good against the blitz. Um, yeah. And he, he, I think he's got like the, don't quote me on this, but I think he's got like the highest EPA per drop, drop back specifically against the blitz, like only on blitz plays. I think I saw that too, and, actually. Yeah. And so I think you, you really want to be wary of that and you want to see if you can get that, not just the the pressure, but also just that that middle pocket penetration with four. You want to see how many DBs you can come back and crash down um, from depth. If you can keep more guys on the backside, keep Bobby Wagner in the middle of the field instead of crashing him down to the line of scrimmage. Um, I think that those types of things could be really relevant factors in this game. And and I also honestly think it's it's a good way for this defensive line to show what it really looks like. I don't think they've gotten a chance to show what they really look like. They did really well other than the one run explosive um, against San Francisco. They really bottled up the run. It was like something like 52 rushing yards, net rushing yards, minus that, that touchdown by Jeff Wilson. So I think, you know, you've seen what they can do in that regard, but you really want to see if they can rush the passer. They haven't really had a ton of opportunities to pin their ears back and really do that um, in in part because of the factors I mentioned. And so I think that that the Rams front office, I think needs to see that, frankly, I think you need to really figure out what you are as a pass rush um, before, you know, the end of the month, before you go up against a slate of quarterbacks that include like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think you really, really need to figure out what you need to do. And so figuring out ways to manipulate that pressure um, against a quarterback who is very, very good against a specific type of pressure that you maybe don't want to be dependent on. It's a good opportunity to figure out what you got on the other side. I feel like this this Sunday against the Cowboys is going to be a get-right game. It's at home in the building. It is everyone's going to be sort of a short week to to lick their wounds and and just really kind of dive into the next page. The the two teams so far that haven't allowed more than twenty points have been the Niners and the Cowboys. So the the offense really needs to get cooking, and, and I feel confident that this team will will be able to do it. So normally, Jordan, during this time, I play a game called How Many. Um, I don't think we want to. I don't want to play it right now, just because I feel like all the information you just gave is so valuable. I don't want to take away from it. So I'm just gonna kick it to the Ram Jam, where I probably ask you the most intense questions you've ever been asked in your entire oh, life. Okay, so which Rams moment is your favorite of all time? Oh, man. Well, I got to hold the Lombardi trophy, which I never thought 
in my entire life that my fingerprints would exist on that's amazing that like that was that was very very cool but but really i think it's like it's actually in the small things and i'm gonna be cheesy again and i'm sorry guys i know you didn't like log into this podcast to hear me just be like really cheesy and earnest but i don't care that's who i am as a person i feel a lot of things and so (laughs) i feel my feelings (laughs) and and so really it's been just some of the interviews. I mean, I think I say this all the time and I'm not blowing smoke when I say this. And and I've said this for a couple of years now, like this is a remarkably secure group of people in my opinion. And, um, it's a really good locker room. It's a really, really good, smart, secure locker room. And they are not afraid to show you who they are. And so my favorite memories and moments have just been really little things where, um, you know, sitting across in chair in a chair from Bobby Wagner and him just like all the all of a sudden that unspoken torch of trust is passed, right? Where you're you're understanding what a gift someone is giving you in terms of telling their story to you, or just hearing, you know, being in the in the room with Jalen Ramsey when he calls his dad and asks him some really you know deep and and personal questions about their life together and. Um, or, you know, even simple stuff like when they were shooting the, um, the, uh, the, the intro video for 2021 and it was like this big, like Christopher Nolan-esque Wally Fister production, right? <laughs> at SoFi and there's this huge crew there. It's like a, you know, a thousand people are there and this famous director cinematographer and there's drones everywhere and all this stuff. And they're doing this like dolly cam. I don't know if I'm saying the right words for it. They're doing like this dolly cam moment with Aaron Donald, like in between takes, he's like pulling faces at his kids who are playing in the end zone and they're just losing their minds laughing. Cause it's like this super serious, like iconic moment. And he's just turning around and pulling faces at them and like just stuff like that. The human moments, they really, they've gotten me through the last couple of years. Uh, and, and they just, they really have this way of grounding you. I think as a human, if you open yourself up to them, and to seeing and, and experiencing those things. Um, so, and, and also uh, seeing you in person all the time. Oh, that's another one that's, of my favorite moments. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Me too, Jordan. If you could only <laughs> eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Tacos. Oh, same. I feel like I would just go all Mexican food, like any type of Mexican food. I will just like, that's all I, I, I need to like put a limit because that could be really bad. I feel like okay. I can get all my food groups in them too. Like I can, right? you know, I can get all, I can get veggies and protein yeah. and, you know, a couple like carbs. You can, you can do anything. Yeah. Plenty of carbs. carbs. Have you seen that big, video? Big that's group. like, would you eat like 15, um, uh, like tortillas and people are like, no, what? And then they're like, what if I chop them up into little triangles and then fry them? And they're like, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> I'll, eat, <laughs> I'll eat. Yeah, for sure. Um, what would you do if fear was not a factor and you could not fail? Um, I would play inside linebacker in the National Football League. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay, that's great. (laughs) I think um, you're a little too small. um, But if you could not fail. fail, If failure was not an option. Right. You know, like if I could be totally without fear and then know that I wouldn't fail, a.k.a. have my body shattered into a million pieces (laughs) the first hit that I take. Um, or get completely embarrassed and put in a blender by like someone running by me like that. I would, I would do that. I, I just, I'm so obsessed with like how that chess match unfolds. Right. And like 
all of the communication and the knowledge that goes into playing that position. And I've been really lucky in my career to cover a couple of Hall of future Hall of Fame inside linebackers. And I think that the, it's like I've just been so fascinated. I'm like, man, if I am very good in this life, maybe I can reincarnate and be like, OK, <laughs> at the position <laughs> in my next life. Right. Like a nice like, yeah, like second stringer. Get a huge moment when Listen, like man, someone goes I'll down. I'll contribute on teams. I'll con- yeah. I'll be the I'll I'll reincarnate as Christian Roseboom. How about that? Yeah. I've yeah, got she the can hair. Contribute it's in all three phases. Yeah, it's all tied all- up now. But I've got I've got the hair. You, you know, you nailed it, Jordan. Thank you. I know it's been a crazy day for you. Thanks for hanging out with me. You're the best. Um, I I just I love you, and I can't wait to see you at home at SoFi this Sunday for the Cowboys. Thank you so much for having me. I'll come back anytime. You actually probably cannot get me away from being on this podcast. Perfect. Yes. New (laughs) co-host, you guys. You heard it here. (laughs) There she goes, Jordan Rodriguez. Such a pleasure as always. You guys know wine and football aren't that different. Sure, they're complex, but enjoying them should be easy. You don't need to worry about complex formations and flavor profiles or which wine pairs with what. All that matters is together, Barefoot Wine and the Rams are easy to enjoy. So let's enjoy ourselves. Barefoot, the official wine sponsor of the NFL. Thanks so much to Jordan. I absolutely love her. She has so much knowledge. That's amazing. Make sure you're going and following her if you're not already. That does it for this week's Ricky's Ram Jam. Hope you enjoyed it. As always, leave five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Watch this on YouTube if you're listening. Listen to this if you're watching on YouTube. Whatever floats your boat. Go Rams. Short week. Let's get on to the Cowboys. Let's ram it.